Welcome everyone to our exploration of what happens when you give a weird queer loner complete creative control of our podcast. This is Queer Halftime. <laughs> Yay! Yay! I'm Becca. My pronouns are she, they, and I'm here with my illustrious co-host, Kelsey. Hi, my name is Kelsey. My pronouns are also she, they. Awesome. So Kelsey, what do you want people to know about yourself? Oh gosh, Um, that I am a loud and proud member of the queer community. Um, I think gender is a social construct. I am from the East Coast of Canada, specifically New Brunswick. So I have kind of been across the country. I'm currently living in Alberta and working with you. All right. I think I'm fun to work with. Oh, absolutely. What about you? What do you want people to know about you? Um, yeah, I'm also uh, a member of the queer community. That's how I, you know, identify myself is queer because that's a lot easier than picking, you know, constantly changing labels for myself. So whenever I play with gender, I'm like, let's just go with queer. That's fun. Yeah. Um, I was born and raised here in Alberta. Mostly grew up uh, right here in St. Albert. So yeah, I'm... <laughs> very integrated into the community. I know what's going on sometimes. I love that. Yeah. And we both work for Out Loud, uh, which is a nonprofit that does programming and supports and all kinds of cool stuff for 2S LGBTQ plus kids and teens. We've also got a group for parents, uh, guardians, allies, friends, anybody who wants to come in and is like, hey, this person in my life is going through this transition and I have questions or feelings about it and they can you know just talk to people that are like them totally we do all kinds of fun stuff so we run yeah like Becca said we run groups we plan St. Albert Pride we plan drag shows we Becca and I are kind of living our queer dream here (laughs) absolutely I have like a little bit of imposter syndrome because everybody else is like social workers and stuff. And I'm just here like with my arts degree. You know, though, I think I, I have imposter syndrome because I think everyone else is like really, really gay. And I'm like, I'm not gay enough. So, you know, like seriously, the queer imposter syndrome is so real. Yeah. Am I gay enough to be doing outreach for a queer nonprofit? Yes. The answer is Probably always not. yes. Probably not. <laughs> Fair. Thank you. It's validating. Yes. I'm here to validate you. (laughs) So this podcast, this first episode is going to be kind of like, I don't know if any of you play like D&D or tabletop games, it's going to be like our session zero, where you get to know the characters, i.e. us, and the world, which is kind of what we're hoping to do with this podcast. Um, So we got some suggestions from some of the kiddos in our groups. They wanted to learn about, you know, their history. They wanted to talk about homophobia and transphobia in school and at home, uh, just all kinds of stuff. So we're going to do different topics, have discussions, have guests, maybe dive into some history, uh, especially local history like Alberta and Canada, because I don't know about you, but most of the queer history I know about is from the States. Totally. Like I know a lot more about queer history from down there than say about like the bathhouse riots, you know, up here and stuff like that. So Totally. I know about Stonewall, but I couldn't tell you about Canada's version of Stonewall. (laughs) So, Exactly.
exactly right so yeah we're gonna just kind of do all that kind of stuff and some of it you know we'll probably eat will probably be a little bit, you know, dark and depressing. Um, but we don't want it to all just be that. So we're also going to talk about, you know, have uplifting conversations about, you know, queer joy and some cool work that people are doing um, to make them feel fulfilled and live their queer dreams like us. So yeah, and if it does get dark, we will do trigger warnings for people just because your um, health and well-being is the most important thing. And we want you to be safe. Totally. Yeah. So this is going to be a little bit of a shorter episode uh, just because you're getting to know us. So I thought it'd be fun to do just some like getting to know you questions. Love that. So maybe we can go like back and forth. So I will start with an easy one. Kelsey, what's your favorite animal? My favorite animal is a sloth. Nice. (laughs) Because they have, they move so slow that they develop their own freaking ecosystem which I think is like a gift to this earth. It reminds me of if you've ever seen the Grinch or like the Lorax, the little colony or the little community that lives on a snowflake. It makes me think of that. I'm like, there's like 4,000 who's on a sloth's back and we didn't even know. That's awesome. So what's your fact for the day? Not fact checked. (laughs) Awesome. Love it. All right. I did not go very easy, so I apologize in advance, Becca. I went super, super deep with all of these. So my question number one, I played with this a little bit because I was like, what is the first thing I need to know? So the first thing that I need to know is if you could eat one thing every day for the rest of your life and not in a way that like it's the only thing that you can eat, you can eat whatever the heck else you want, but you have to eat this one thing every single day. What would it be? Mm, probably something snacky. Like, I don't think mm. I'd do a whole meal, you know? So I do like, I don't know, an apple or something, which isn't the most creative answer. But like, I feel like that'd be super easy. And it would also make me eat a little healthier because that's kind of fallen off the rails. <laughs> an apple. Oh, man. And here I'm like, my answer would be chicken nuggets and French fries from McDonald's. And you're like, an <laughs> apple. Wow. Love that. I'm trying to do the best I can to be healthy. Uh, I'm a lot of talk, not a lot of follow through when it comes to that. So we're working on it. I mean, yeah, that would, I guess it would spark some accountability. Like if you have to eat it every day, you would, right? So like, hey, I'm about it. Maybe I should switch my answer. (laughs) All right. So my next question is a bit of a thinker. There are multiple right answers but there are also wrong answers in my opinion so no pressure oh, good. Um, okay in your opinion how many holes does a straw have this is i this is deep okay um mm, so i'm gonna say one i don't know if that's the right answer agreed okay great because like nobody says that a tube like it's a tube hole, right? So like the, oh yeah, it's like that's it. That's a donut it. only has one hole. A straw, you know, what is a straw if not a long donut? Totally, you stack a bunch of donuts, you get a straw. Yeah, there you go. So perfect. <laughs> oh, that's that was the good one. Yeah, I still Holy, have okay, just straight up. <laughs> that was a really good one. <laughs> okay, if you could have a conversation with anybody, dead or alive. 
who would it be? And what would you talk about? That's really good. And I'm going to have trouble picking one person. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you can give me your top like three if you want, but only give me reason for one. Okay. Um, So my favorite author growing up and honestly kind of still is Tamara Pierce. Um, She's still very much alive and slowly writing new books. I would like her to write them faster, but you know, I'm not an author. I can't criticize. Okay. Um, Carrie Fisher, you know, everybody's space mom. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I think those are the two big ones. I think they just seem like really cool people that would have like cool thoughts on stuff and could probably teach me some things about Mm -hmm. living my best life and being unapologetic. What would be the first thing you say to Carrie Fisher? Um, After introductions, like you're like, hey, I'm Becca. My pronouns are she, they. Nice to meet you. I'd be like, hey, I'm sure you've heard this a lot, but you're why I'm gay. (laughs) (laughs) And then everyone in the room would be like, agreed. Every single person around. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, okay, as a kid watching, was it? episode six princess leia in the metal bikini i had weird feelings that i did not understand i didn't even and you know the ridiculous (laughs) thing is i didn't even watch any of those growing up but i like obviously like myspace was a big thing friggin tumblr was a big thing when i was growing up so those pictures would circulate through my feeds and i would be like like i can't breathe (laughs) like i don't know who she is but i can't breathe (laughs) so yeah i think yeah, yeah that's a pretty good thing to say to her yeah right yeah that would probably be just I couldn't stop myself I'd be like hey thank you for all you've done this realization that I didn't actually realize until years later which is kind of funny ain't that the freaking truth <laughs> like, like every time I come out to people they're like yeah obviously I'm like you couldn't have a yeah right yeah no I was the same yeah my best friend slammed their hand on the table and was like I knew it I had a friend growing up that would also be always be like, Kelsey's gay. Just give her some time. Kelsey's gay. And I would be like, <laughs> no, I'm not. Yeah. Well, like I went to Catholic school. You were gay or you were straight. And that was the only two options. And I was like, well, I still think some boys are cute. So I don't think I'm gay. Yeah. So the boxes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That was a good question. Um, what is your current favorite song? Oh God, my current favorite song. You know, when that happens, when all of the music that you've ever listened to just like leaves your brain when you're asked a question like this. Yeah. Um, what is my current favorite song? You know what? I'm going to go a little like, I'm not normally a huge, huge chill rock fan but um I don't know if Halsey would be what Halsey would be considered but she has this new song called I am not a woman I'm a god and it's kind of like my anthem right now (laughs) and like it's it's exactly what it sounds like where she's like yeah I'm not a woman I'm a god and then there's a slide where it's like I am not a martyr I'm a problem and I'm like oh my god yes that's amazing it's a really yeah so I actually listened to it getting ready for this podcast on repeat about 400 times um and I love it because also like for those of us that are like I'm not a woman like that's a nice alternative I'm a god there you go we're not women we're gods (laughs) hell yeah like 
<laughs> okay. So my next question, what is the last TV show you binge watched and who would you recommend it to? Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> I mean, I've binge watched all of the Star Treks, every single one. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're amazing. And I would recommend them to everybody. Really? Absolutely everybody. Absolutely everybody. Yeah, I think because well, there's so many different shows that I think there's something in there for everybody, right? Like you might be more mm-hmm. of a next generation person or a Deep Space Nine person, but like somebody is going to find one of the shows and be like, this is the best. You know, I'm going to admit that I've never watched Star Trek, but maybe today is the day that I start. There you go. I mean, it just has such an awesome view of the future. Like, I feel like so much sci-fi right now is all post-apocalyptic and, like, very bleak, Mm -hmm. whereas Star Trek is like, you know, we've solved, you know, climate change and, like, sexism and stuff like that, and now we're going out to explore new civilizations and learn more about the universe, and, like, they explore things that are problems when the show is coming out like um Mm -hmm. you know in star trek enterprise there's xenophobia and stuff like that and there's actually Mm. a terror attack on earth and it came out in 2001 oh wow right and so it deals with all the psychological stuff of that or like wow you know racism in the form of dealing with other like alien species and things like that so yeah, it's got a really cool view of the future. Mm-hmm. And also like, it's super fun. Oh, that's, I never even would have known that. <laughs> like I would have totally just thought it was like, just like, you know, a dorky show that's been around forever. Like it's just, I mean, it's that too. It's absolutely that too. Like there are some episodes that I'm like, what were these writers on? Because I want some. Like <laughs> I, but that's how you know it's a good show though when you can take something from it but then leave some of it <laughs> oh absolutely and I mean you get ones like Deep Space Nine and like the very first episode you see you know a black man in charge of a station who is this loving father to his son like who actually says like I love you to his kid and the kid says back like it's this very healthy you know leadership position and it's you know a man of color which wasn't something you saw at the time. Totally. You know, it's so interesting that you say that because (laughs) this is so off topic, but we are Disney fans in my house. I don't know anybody that's not a Disney fan, but um, we watched one of the newer Disney movies that just came out and there was like a couple white characters in it, but the most of them were people of color. And my partner and I were having the conversation of like how different of a world it is that like we grew up with like awful stuff like that was all white and like really ridiculous and then yeah like Disney nowadays is like producing really really cool stuff really inclusive stuff and like this is a conversation topic at some point because it just kind of like blew my mind and that reminded me of that when you said that like it was really ahead of its time it's like you know we should have started we all should have started including everybody when Star Trek did oh yeah first interracial kiss on tv like oh really that's cool yeah yeah 
I mean, the circumstances around it weren't great. They were kind of being mind controlled, but like the actors fought to have it in because they knew what it represented. Oh my gosh. The facts that you have, my friend, holy. (laughs) Oh, I'm full of facts. That's actually my next question is what's a fact that you love? A fact that I love. Hmm. Oh gosh. This is a hard one. What is a fact that I love? Listen, inspire me. What is a fact that you love? And then I will think of one as you speak. Okay. So um, I actually minored in history. So I love learning new stuff about history because people have always been people. Like we have not changed. Like there's parents in ancient Sumeria complaining about their kids speaking slang. Like there are writings in Latin complaining about the kids speaking slang and the kids are speaking French, like proto-French. Oh my goodness. Yeah. But probably my favorite fact is that ancient Rome had a vending machine. Or did it vend? It dispensed holy water. You put in a coin and it would dispense holy water. Wow. I'm guessing not like a drinking fountain. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like no I think it was like a lever kind of system so like the weight of the coin tipped a thing and it poured it out into like a vial that you had or something but yeah I thought that was cool so you could drink it then no that's a joke (laughs) it's not for drinking despite catholic school I'm only partly sure of what you do with holy water I know you flick it at demons that's about all I know yeah I didn't go to catholic school so I think you drink it (laughs) (laughs) okay so I thought of a fact that I learned actually the other day um it's very not deep at all but I actually learned the other day that Lego is the largest producer of tires in the world really Mm -hmm. interesting isn't it it makes sense though because you think about like the Lego cars and stuff that they make like it like yeah they they produce more tires than like Michelin or like I don't know any other tire companies Goodyear I don't know but like yeah they produce more tires than anyone else do you want to hear something wild about Michelin? Yes. So have you heard about Michelin stars, like for chefs? Yes. I thought it was just like a coincidence that there were two different things with the same name. No, it's the Michelin tire company was like wanted to increase tourism so people would drive around more. And so they started awarding like Michelin stars to chefs to make them like destinations for people to go to. They're like, we can build tires and judge food. Exactly. <laughs> That's impressive. Yeah way to open up your market right okay so i my next question this one's kind of like a little lame and a little like so like new year resolutiony type thing but i'm changing it what is on your bucket list for 2022 like what are some of the things that you really want to do mm, um that's a good one i think do more hiking Cause last summer, my dog was a very small mm-hmm. puppy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this year she's big enough to actually go on some proper hikes. So I think that'll be really fun. Oh, yay. That's so fun. I freaking love hiking. My dog is kind of has attention problems and focusing problems. So we can't take him too far, but you know, we do what we can, <laughs> but I would love, that's on my bucket list too. Actually. I have a couple friends that hike with their dogs and I would love to take my dog on a hike. What a fun experience. Yeah. Like I took her on one out at Nordig last summer 
And mm-hmm. she, we got about 20 minutes in and she smelled something that just scared the hell out of her. And I was like, okay, we're in grizzly country. I'm going to trust your instinct. And we just turned around and went back to the car. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> like, Gosh, smart. Very yeah. good idea. <laughs> yeah. So my last question, um, if we lived in a post-apocalyptic society, uh, what skills would you bring to the table for our little queer commune of survivors? Um, oh my gosh. Okay. What skills would I bring to the table? I have craft skills. Excellent. Um, I really like to do crafts. That's like my jam. I would bring, uh, um, excitement (laughs) because I never stop ever. Um, I'm constantly going and doing something. So it's like, I feel like that's a skill. Some people are like, you need to slow down. And I'm like, you need to speed up. So I feel like I bring excitement into people's lives. So that to me, a skill, what other skills would I bring? I'm a, I'm, I'm a really good cleaner. I would bring really good cleaning skills because I enjoy cleaning. Like it's fun for me. So I would go and do that. And yeah, that, oh, and Lego skills. I really like Lego. I'm really fast at building like a nice like thousand piece set. I can build it. Oh wow. Real quick. So like yeah, Lego building skills. Real deep stuff. Nice. Yeah. Okay. My last last question. If you could time travel to any time, when would you pick? And what would you do? That's a good question. Um I think it'd be really funny if I time traveled to the past because like I mean first of all glasses people depending how far back you went people would be like oh my god what is that Mm. also like tattoos and stuff so people would be like what you have pictures on your skin oh yeah um I mean obviously (laughs) tattooing is an ancient practice but like you know ours have gotten a little bit more complicated oh absolutely so yeah I think that'd be funny but also like (laughs) Just going like, I would go and like liberate peasants or something. Of course you would. Just introduce them to like, I don't know, something really flavorful. Like, mm. like all dressed chips. Yeah. Yeah. And be like, behold, it's not just for rich people. Yeah. Better bring like a portable, like a Bluetooth speaker and just start blasting something. Just scare the crap out of them. Music. I think I brought demons oh. or something. Wow, what a good answer. I wouldn't stay anywhere though, because you know, the whole queer thing and like, you know, health issues and stuff. Like, oh, totally. Yeah. I have actually, I've decided I have one last question, and I know that that I go have for it. Six questions, but I had this one's really <laughs> important. What was it like for you growing up gay in Alberta? Oh, cool. That actually, I did want to talk about this at some point. What? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. We're on the same wavelength. Yeah. So like I said, I didn't actually realize that I was queer until I went to university in BC. Um, So I had to run away from Alberta to figure that out. Fair. Um, Yeah. Like, like I said, you know, I went to Catholic school. It was you're gay or you're straight. And if you're gay, that's bad. Mm -hmm. Um. And, like, don't even start on, like, gender stuff, like, non-binary people and trans people, like, that was not a thing. Mm -hmm. Like, I remember reading, there was actually, 
an article published about somebody getting like sex reassignment surgery because it was such big news. I think that was when I was in like junior high or high school. Like it made the wow. newspaper. Um, yeah. So yeah, it was not, not a thing. Uh, there were only those like two labels, right? Um, I think there was like one out gay kid in my high school and he did not, like he had friends, but he got a lot of crap from, from certain people. And like you had to, there were mandatory religion classes. Yeah. Yeah. That ate up one of your options uh, was religion class. And yeah, holy, that was a trip. <laughs> I can only imagine. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I would see like, oh, what would I think? Like, you know, like with, you know, Princess Leia, I'd be like, oh my God, she's so pretty and have these weird feelings. But I just assumed that was normal. Like, obviously women are pretty. Everybody knows that. Yeah. Like, I just thought that was a normal thing. And then it wasn't until later of like, oh wait, you don't get, cause every, you know, you have like girl crush Wednesday or whatever. Yeah. But it's like, no, this is more than that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. This makes me feel things. Yeah. It's like, I want to kiss that. Yeah. Yeah, and then I kind of started to figure it out uh, when I was about 18. And I was still in the closet, though, because I didn't want to tell anybody until I was sure, right? Mm -hmm. Because it was, again, it was that queer imposter syndrome of like, you know, I don't think I'm queer enough to actually, you know, warrant the label. Um, Yeah. But like, I outed myself constantly with dumb jokes as we all do. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like I didn't date until university because I didn't want to date boys. Fair. Like, I have, you know, since then and, you know, mixed reviews, <laughs> <laughs> but I feel that's not a gender thing. That's just people. Yeah. But yeah, I outed myself constantly. It was, yeah, I couldn't, I can't help making a dumb joke. Like I, it's a reflex. And so when I came out to each of my parents separately, like they knew, they just didn't know what label I would end up going by. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah, same with my friends. And like, they were like, yeah, duh. Yeah. Um, Fair. But yeah, while I was actually in Alberta, there was so much pressure to be straight, like so much heterosexism and heteronormativity. And just like, you know, you'd see there'd be like, you know, some baby in a onesie that's like ladies man or like, yeah, You know, I remember being four and I had a boy best friend and some stranger would be like, oh, is that your little boyfriend? I'm like, we're four. Like, Yeah, <laughs> definitely not. I can't consent at four. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I don't even know what that means. <laughs> Awful. Yeah. Yeah. How is it for you growing up like out east? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, New Brunswick has always kind of been a little bit behind the times I would say um I also did not know I was gay so I grew up kind of like bouncing between New Brunswick and Ontario because my family both my parents are actually retired military um retired Canadian military so that is definitely a part of my journey for sure um so I do remember being in like fifth grade or maybe sixth grade And my mom caught me, I think I was in fifth grade, actually. And my mom caught me in bed with my shirt off with another girl. Um, And I 
yeah, I got a talking to about like how inappropriate that was and yada, yada. And it was obvious. It was more about the age, right. Than it was about anything, but because I had grown up in such a heteronormative society, just like you were saying, I very much took that as the thing that's wrong here is that it's a girl. Um, so the town I grew up in has like 7,000 people in it. It was very small at the time. And there was like the token gay kid that was really flamboyant and he would always wear like really, really dark clothes and like the really, really tall shoes and stuff like that. So, and I just, I didn't, I wasn't that right. So I didn't, it was weird. Cause I was like, I'm not that. So I assumed that I was straight and I just kind of like lived that life forever and like dated men. And then it's so interesting. Cause whenever people ask me about like my coming out story and how I knew I was gay, I just, I always say like, I moved from New Brunswick to Alberta because I felt like I was being suffocated and I thought it was the place. And then I got here and I was like, and I got here with a man and I'm so sorry to that man that I brought apologies um, that we got here and I'm gay. Um, but, and then I was like, oh my God, I'm still so suffocated. And I met a woman and things just kind of went from there. And I was like, wow, this makes more sense to me than anything really ever has. Um, and I was 25 and <laughs> that happened and I'm 30 now. Um, I just turned 30 like four months ago. So it's only been like five years, almost six years, I would say. Maybe I was 24 at the time. Um, and like my mom and I have like a pretty strong relationship and like she is great with like trying to understand everything and stuff. Gender is still something that I don't really broach because I find gender is a really, really hard topic to people that have grown up in a heteronormative society and haven't seen anything else other than that. So I don't explain to my family that I use she, they pronouns. I wouldn't explain to them what like genderqueer means. I wouldn't explain to them what like any of those, like, just because it's, I find for me, it just is kind of more trouble than it's worth. Um, and yeah, my brother also lives here and he and I have like a brother sister relationship, which has its ebbs and flows, but like, he's always been relatively accepting of my sexuality and stuff but like yeah I don't have a relationship with my dad unfortunately because he's not the most accepting but it's a whole it's interesting because we grew up in such a different time where everything was just so so straight and it was never like a you're not allowed to be this it's just that I didn't have the language I didn't have the understanding there wasn't the representation that there is now so like I didn't know that she they was an option I didn't know that gen being genderqueer was something that I could be I didn't know that gender was something that was forced on you from a young age until I got older and took myself out of the environment that I had kind of like grown up in and then was like oh wait like there are people in different communities that play with gender and that can queer gender and can be fluid with gender and it doesn't like they're still the exact same people it doesn't change you but I have that queer imposter syndrome all the time all the time and I think we all do right and it's because we grew up in such a straight world like I don't think people understand what it's like to turn on tvs and only see relationships that look like something you will never want you know yeah yeah like I used to we would go to you know I've got a lot of cousins mm -hmm. and most of them are older than me right so I grew up going to a lot of weddings um and you know there would always be the aunt that would kind of you know elbow you and be like so you can be next like yeah 
you know and growing up I was like no I'm I'm never getting married like I have no interest in that mm-hmm. and I think it was because I was picturing marrying a man right so I'm like yep. I'm never gonna be interested in that but I'm like you know what maybe now that I'm older I'm like yeah who knows right and it was just because that was forced on you to such a degree and like there was there were some gay there were no queer characters that I remember mm-hmm. on TV, but there were some gay characters uh, and they were always either tragic or they were the punchline, mm-hmm. right? And they were these super flamboyant gay men or these like super butch lesbians. Yeah. And it's like, well, I'm not either of those things. So I must be straight. Like those are clearly the only <laughs> options. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think representation is slowly getting better and it's really exciting to see absolutely like even the kids that we see all the time are constantly they come to group with terminology that I don't even know (laughs) sometimes and I'm like oh frig let me just google that quickly because like here I am the one that's doing the work and like I still have to constantly do the work because like things change and language changes and having words to describe who you are it's so powerful like it's so powerful even if you choose to just be under like the queer umbrella that's still so powerful right Mm -hmm. like to be like I'm part of I'm part of something bigger I'm part of a broader community that has some of the same feelings that I have yeah and yeah I'm doing the same thing with like changing my language and learning constantly um like I know I say you guys a lot I'm trying to switch to like y'all or something like that. Something more gender neutral. Yeah. But yeah, it's just so ingrained. It's something I've been saying for so long. Like totally. And you think that you're like hip and in the know because you're like, Hey, you guys. And then you're saying that to a group of queer kids and they're like, pardon me. And then you're like, you're eight. (laughs) Like (laughs) I'm 30. Like I should be correcting, you know, but it like, yeah it's just what a world to grow up in hey yeah it's cool it is yeah it's really cool I'm loving seeing you know the stuff our kids know and when I say our kids like neither of us are parents I mean the kids in our programs (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah yeah and the language that they have and stuff and yeah just constantly learning from them totally awesome so that's kind of what I wanted to talk about this episode is just kind of get to know us and stuff so let's Love finish it. off with something I'm tentatively calling queer joy. Um, and I want to do this, especially for episodes that are a little bit heavier or like when we have guests, I want them to do it. Um, it's just, what is something, you know, that's your current favorite thing or something you're passionate about or like a dorky interest, uh, just something that makes you happy. Do you want to start or do you want me to start? <laughs> Um, I can start if you want. Yeah, you start. So um, I've already talked a little bit. Like, I love sci-fi. I love it so much. I Did you ever see The Martian? Yes. Yes. So um, that guy, Andy Weir, just wrote another book. Oh. Uh, it's called Project Hail Mary. And it's fantastic. It's oh. so good. <laughs> like, I got the audiobook and just listened to it all in a day while I, like, found things to do so I wouldn't have to pause and, like, that's amazing. So I just like cleaned my whole house and just listened to it all. It's so good. It's um, there's this like bacterium kind of thing that is feeding off of our sun. 
right? And so the earth over the next couple of years is going to start getting colder to the point where, you know, it can no longer sustain life. And so all these scientists get together and they're trying to figure it out. And they send a team out into space because they find that there's a star that isn't being affected by these things, right? Because they've affected all these stars all over the solar system. And so this team goes out and it's them trying to figure it out. And, um, you know, this isn't much of a spoiler because it happens pretty early on or early on, but the, the one surviving human of the crew meets there's another there's an alien ship shows up oh that's having the same problem in their like home solar system yeah so they end up like working together to try to solve this and it's really cool that is cool that sounds so fun yeah well and what I really like about his writing is like you know sometimes characters get kind of a Sherlock Holmes treatment of like they're knowledgeable about whatever is convenient to the plot Mm mm-hmm Right. Whereas like in the Martian or in this, like the characters know what makes sense for them to know. Totally. In the Martian, like he knows enough about chemistry to know that he can get water from hydrazine, but he doesn't know enough to realize that like, oh, there's going to be a ton of hydrogen floating around and that's explosive. Yeah. (laughs) So he learns that the hard way. Uh, But yeah, so they know things that make sense for them to know. Right. I love those books. He's such a good writer. That's amazing. Oh. What a great book. That sounds like, that totally sounds like something up your alley. <laughs> yeah. So who are you recommending this book to? You can't say everybody. I can totally say everybody. There's got, like, you can say everyone, but like, say say somebody's listening to this podcast and they're like. I mean, maybe not like, maybe not like super little kids because they might not be too interested in it because it is a little bit longer. Uh, but there's like a great audio book if you're not a huge like nice. reader of physical books. But yeah, anybody who loves like space and science and you don't have to be super knowledgeable about science, like. I love that. I only know the (laughs) basics. Um, But it's explained in a way that, you know, you can follow the plot and understand what's going on. So. That's amazing. Oh, so like I could pick it up and read it and I know nothing about science. Beautiful. Absolutely. Love that. Yeah. Um, honestly, it's so interesting because mine is also a book, which, but it's a book that I haven't gotten very deep into yet, but I am like, it's like kind of, I really, really enjoy it. It's called She Who Became the Sun and it's by Shelley Parker Chan. I just bought that. Did you? I started it yet. Oh, it's like, okay. It's so phenomenal. It's so phenomenal. It's, uh, the best way I could describe it would be a more culturally, um appropriate like a more culturally I don't I, I don't like the word appropriate but like what's the word I'm looking for accurate maybe yeah yes thank you a more culturally accurate Mulan kind of oh, okay. is like the best way to describe it but like and like I said I'm not I'm not even far enough in that I can give you any spoilers but basically yeah there's this um girl who is born into this family of like seven boys and all of the boys die except one and it's just her and her brother and their dad and their mom left and they because of the culture in this country the girls are not very well respected and they're not very well appreciated so she's kind of like been nothing for her whole life and then her brother dies and she pulls this whole Mulan thing where she kind of takes over his identity and it's this really cool like gender queer experience and it's like yeah it's just really phenomenal and I'm really really excited about it and I would I am on this like kick of 
only reading books by queer people or people of color. And this is like totally in my realm right now. And it's absolutely freaking phenomenal. I would totally recommend it to anybody. Awesome. Yeah. I'm so glad you bought it. Oh my gosh. We're going to have to talk about it. (laughs) All right. Well, I've got another book I'm reading right now. So after that, I will read that book so we can talk about it. Oh my gosh. So excited. I'll just come storming into the office be like, oh my God, I finished it. Yeah. Well, yeah, I need to finish it. I I always do this thing where I start like three or four books at the same time. And then I'm like really into all of them, but I'm like, ah, so I'm reading this other one called a queer and pleasant danger or queer and cool. unpleasant danger. I can't remember exactly. Yeah. And it's by Kate Bornstein and it's like the whole like premise of it. It's like the story of a nice young Jewish boy who grows up to become a Scientologist and ends up living the life she dreams of <laughs> or something. It's like a really cool, it's like a whole journey. Cool. I yeah. And so like that's why I haven't gotten too deep into this new this she who became the sun yet because I've got my claws into like 27 other books right now. <laughs> I totally do the same thing. I'll have like an audiobook and then I'll have like a nonfiction and a fiction and just kind of bounce around. Yeah. And then I've got all of my podcasts. Oh, same. <laughs> and now this one yeah now we've got another one <laughs> and on that note um kelsey thank you for co-hosting with me this has been very fun and less nerve-wracking than i thought it was going to be <laughs> uh, and thank you everybody yeah. for listening um we also are going to be putting a video up on our youtube of this conversation um it's just the channel is just queer halftime uh, we will link it on our link tree that you can find on our social media. Um, if you have any topics or questions that you want to hear talked about, feel free to shoot us an email or a DM. Yeah. And we'll hopefully get to you in, you know, the next, I mean, being really ambitious, I would like to do this weekly. Same. We'll see if that happens. So mm-hmm. hopefully next week <laughs> you will have a proper episode with a discussion and everything. Can't wait. Can't wait. So thank you. And we'll see you next week.